Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Let's just talk about a little princess named Peyton. (laughs) So today we went to the grocery store because Peyton's stepdad requested that we made dinner, something with seafood. And Peyton's like, ew, seafood, you know, because she's a kid. Most kids don't like seafood. Got it. (laughs) So she said, can we make chicken, chicken dumplings? And I was like, I did not say chicken dumplings. I said dumplings. Okay. So can we make dumplings? (laughs) To the average mother... That means chicken and dumpling soup. So I made it, and I got. I spent a couple hours on it, and I plated it for a little princess. And she said, um, this isn't what I mean. And I was like, what do you mean? And so we're looking on Pinterest, and I'm like, babe, this is chicken dumplings. This is dumplings. And so we look, and she sees, like, I see, like, a little mini chicken pot pie that's, like, cut separately. And it's basically a chicken pot pie, but they took a piece of pie crust and fold it in half and then put the insides of that in. And I was like, okay, that's basically, that's chicken pot pie. Do you want me to make that for you? That's basically this, but inside pie crust. And she was like, yeah. And so I start making it, about to go in the oven, and she said, I don't think that's it. The moral of the story is she's eating it, but what, what did you say? Yeah, yeah, you told me that what I was making, your second dinner was not what you were thinking it was. So moral of the story is, we got to look on Pinterest and make sure that we agree to a picture before she has to eat a dinner she probably might not like. <laughs> oh my gosh, this kid. All right, The Graveyard Riddle by Lisa Thompson, chapter 3, page... You can me. Okay, well, page 18. The next day when I came out of, out of school, I spotted the top of Matthew's head as he stood by the gates. He was waiting for a gap in the crowd. Matthew always liked to have space around him. I sometimes thought he was a bit like a magnet, but the wrong way around. He pushed everyone away. The mass of students eased a little off and then he quickly ducked and headed down the street. I ran to catch up. Have you ever put two magnets together that was like the opposite side? Like, yeah, and they push apart. Hey, Matthew, how was the cinema? I said, trotting along beside him. So in other countries, the cinema means the movie theater. Oh. Yep. Good, he said. He kept his head down, walking really fast. Before we became friends, I used to think he walked quickly to get away from me. Now, I knew it was just how we got home sooner. I think being at school all day was tiring when he was battling with the thought of his, the germs in his hands. Did Jake have a nice time too? I said, Matthew nodded. Yeah, I think so. He said, we walked in silence for a while. Hey, did you fancy, Hey, do you fancy going to the graveyard later? I said, how cute. Do you fancy going to the graveyard later? That That means, do you want to go to the graveyard later? That's how they say it in like Europe, I guess. Do you fancy going to the grocery store with me later? No. <laughs> I found this incredible building that old Nina used to say used to be a plague house. A what? said Matthew. A plague house, I said. It was a place to keep infected people so that they wouldn't spread the disease to others. I imagine it. 
being locked away with all all the sick people, knowing you probably weren't ever going to get out alive. Matthew shuddered. Someone cycled up behind us and skidded to a halt. I turned around to tell them to get onto the road and saw it was Jake. Did you realize that you wouldn't be cycling on the sidewalk? You do realize that you shouldn't be cycling on the sidewalk, don't you? I said. Do you know what cycling means? Mm. Riding your bike. Oh, we're going to learn a lot about how they talk about things in, I'm assuming that this is Europe, because they also didn't call a street a drive. They called it something else. Now I can't remember what it was. Hmm. Sorry, you guys, I had to take a drink of my LaCroix. That's probably, actually, that isn't probably saying wrong. It is saying wrong, and I don't pronounce it right. Okay, sorry. On to the story. Um, uh, yeah, he said, and he pulled up the handlebars and did a wheelie. The bike thumped back down and just missed my foot. Watch it, I said. Jake could be such an idiot sometimes. Matthew marched off quickly, leaving us both behind. What's the matter with him, said Jake. He wants to go home, I said. Maybe going to the cinema last night made him anxious. Jack snorted. Nah, he's over. He's all over that goldfish boy stuff now, he said. I sighed. Matthew was known as the goldfish boy for a while. Two kids saying, two kids staying next door to him had started calling him that, saying that he looked like a goldfish in a tank when he looked out the windows. It's not the case of getting over it, Jake, I said. It can take months or even years to undo how your brain thinks. Yeah, well, said Jake, I think that we just ought to get away. He just wants to get away from you, Melody Bird. What? I said. Jake smirked and wiped his nose with the back of his hand. His wrist was red and cracked with eczema. Jake was allergic to loads of stuff, and it looked like something he had caused a flare-up. See you later, Melody, he said. He bumped his bike down off the curb and sped off. I watched Matthew's school bag bang up against the back of his back as he paced along. He was really trying to avoid, was he really trying to avoid me? I hurried to catch up again. So do you want to come and see the plague house then? It's getting some, it's getting something scratched off. It's got something scratched onto the door frame. Has it? What's it say? Said Matthew. I knew he'd be interested. It says, Lord have mercy upon us. I said, spooky, isn't it? Matthew smiled slightly. They used to put red crosses on the doors, too, he said, to warn villains that there were infected people inside. I grinned. We could see if there's still a cross on there or remains of at least one. That means like an old dead body. Matthew scrunched up his nose and took a long breath. I don't think think so, Melody, he said. I I suppose it was a big ask getting someone with a fear of germs to visit a plague house. A big ask, like asking somebody to do a big thing. No. Even if the plague was a long, long time gone now, we turned down our road. There were only seven houses on Chestnut Close. See, Chestnut Close. Usually we have like avenue or drive or street. I wonder if close means like courts because it's closed on the end. And hardly any traffic. So it was always quiet. I spotted something outside of the house right next to mine. It was a bright purple for sale sign on top of the white wooden post. Matthew, look, I said. Number one, have put their house up for sale. Oh, yeah, said Matthew. I guess it's been empty for a while now. We carried on but walking, but as we got closer, Matthew stopped. Hang on a minute, Melody, he said. That's not number one. That's your house. It's for sale. What? She's moving? Oh, 
Oh my gosh, because her friend lives right close to her, right across. Aww. That's scary. That stinks if you have like a really good neighborhood and you have friends and stuff. Yeah. Dang. Okay, sorry guys if you hear the dogs barking in the background because Angron or Angron's my stepdad or his brother is here. Oh yeah, maybe we'll go see if they're here. Well, that was a short chapter. Bummer, dude. Let's read another one.